It's official. I have had the best recruitment experience of my life in a place I wasn't expecting it. I regret I cannot share the name of this company as I want to promote them for their DEI commitment, the quality of their engagement, the genuine way with which they connected with me and the work that I do, and the way I was able to contribute to their path forward with recommendations that they immediately took into consideration. Today on LinkedIn, I'm connected and I dare say I'm friends with my prospective mind manager for that role and with his boss. There is a deep mutual respect there, no matter the outcome. He even connected me with others who he thinks I'd get on well with, and he was right. After this experience, I know something for certain. The best recruiters aren't recruiting, they are networking. My name is Catherine Ann Byam, and I'm your host. What's your purpose, and how does it integrate with sustaining life itself? For some of us, this question is a deep ache that we spend a lifetime trying to find, perhaps shifting direction as we learn and grow from one path to another. For many of us, our children give us a clear definition. Providing for them becomes our reason for being. For others, it's about enjoying the present moment, ever so fleeting and ever so beautiful. For still others, it can be financial, status, contribution or impact. In this podcast, my guest and I will share with you tips, ideas, and methods on how to build a career that integrates with who you are and the life you want to lead. We will explore the social foundation on which to build your transition and an ecological ceiling above which we need not climb so that we live not just for ourselves, but for our collective ability to thrive. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Career Podcast, Do What Matters. My Career Journal Part 8. Sometimes you hit it off, like peas in a pod even. Hitting it off doesn't happen by accident though. There's something authentic in that energy that just works well for both parties, even when the job itself isn't for you. Yes, I didn't get the job, and I'm sad about it because I would have loved working with both my line manager and his line manager. The human connection would have been everything for me, even if I may have struggled a bit to adjust to loving the job itself. I would have done it though. At this stage of my life, a good working environment with good people trumps a great job for the wrong company or the wrong people. It's not even a contest. But when I got the call that they didn't choose me, although I was disappointed, I understood. Let me tell you how it went down. In early September, someone I didn't know reached out to me to tell me about a job on offer that they were currently in the recruitment process to fill. When I first saw the role, I wasn't sure, if I'm being honest. I had questions, so I asked those first, even before considering submitting my CV to them. From the first interview to the last, I felt as if it was a process where both the company and me would be willing to discover what each other needed to make adjustments to accommodate the other's interests. The DEI effort was huge. I was interviewed by two males of different ethnicities and sexual preferences. And they apologized to me that there were no women and reaffirmed their commitment to improving on DEI. I mean, who does that? And the answer is great companies. My to-be line manager then explained what was about to happen in that interview. And all the while I was thinking, are they for real? (laughs) I had doubts because I'd simply never seen this before. Then we started to have a conversation. They asked me the traditional HR questions, but I felt comfortable and opened up shared my thoughts and my questions with them, which they considered thought-provoking. I still wasn't sure about the role, but I was definitely loving the company. Five minutes after we ended the call, they called me back to say that I would go on to stage two. Five minutes. 
To be absolutely clear, here's what they did that made a difference. The process was handled end-to-end by the recruiting managers. Those additional touch points with the people I would potentially work with were, in hindsight, brilliant, because it gave me a chance to get to know how they like to work even before assuming anything about the role. They worked toward building rapport throughout the interview process, really personable, open, inclusive, connecting with me on LinkedIn, engaging with my work. They were genuinely, genuinely curious about me. The line manager is now a regular listener of my podcast and a follower of my page on LinkedIn. He also read my book. I mean, really. The interview included a session with someone who would be a key customer to my work, which I thought was really interesting as an approach and totally appropriate to do. I also built rapport with him. The second phase of the process was a case study. I love case studies as they do help to see the thinking process of the candidates and allow for a great discussion. We had a great discussion and I really enjoyed it. But in the end, I think I didn't answer one thing that they were looking for, a core factor for the role, which was depth in research. I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't do a deep level of research. I think it was a good thing in the end. It was the right decision. Although with more time and with a reasonable time frame, I'm sure I would have done a better job. They operate remotely first. This is another selling point for them. And we're keen to share that early on, including just one day a month having to appear in the office. I mean, what can get better than that? They were genuinely willing to make accommodations for me to pursue my social projects. So I got calls from the prospective line manager several times to iron out the details of how this would work, that I could continue to podcast and to bring on my advocacy work while I worked for them. I absolutely loved that I received a call and a conversation with the line manager to tell me why I wasn't successful. And the main reason beyond an answer that they felt I could have done better in the case study was that they were not sure I'd be happy for long with what was actually required for the role and that I might feel constrained by it. They decided that neither them nor me should settle, even though we built such a great relationship. At the end of the conversation where he told me I wasn't successful, he gave me two referrals and the option to work together in a freelance capacity on a project in the future. What did I learn? First, show up for the job you really want. Go through the process, even when you have doubts, so you can either gather enough evidence to dispel your doubts or to determine if that opportunity really wasn't right for you. Genuinely, absolutely genuinely connect. Be authentically you, as the outcome is positive, even if it's a no for the moment. I think these characteristics are so important. That energy, that vibration that you have or that connection you share with your interviewer is so essential to what's going to be your working relationship. And I'm really so pleased that I had that moment to share with these incredible individuals. Next Friday, I'll move on to talk about my absolute dream job and the role that I think I would most thrive in, considering my experiences and my passion at any global multinational. Stay tuned for Career Journal number nine, up next. Thanks for listening and join me next Friday. This episode was brought to you today by the Courageous Career Club. Have you picked up your own copy of Do What Matters, the purpose-driven career transition guidebook? To find out how you can get your copy, as well as resources that go alongside it, visit my website www.catherineannbyam.com or engage with me on the socials. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.